Hey, everybody, it's Daisha. So this morning, I was listening to one of the local NPR stations here in Seattle, and they teased a story about how the Seattle Symphony is right now up for three Grammys. Go Seattle Symphony! But one of the first things that the reporter said was, you know, that there's this notion that classical music is stuffy and the symphony is stuffy, something like that. And and I thought, oh my God, really? Like, that's the first thing you say, not congratulations, Seattle Symphony. No, not that. Your music is stuffy. Now defend it. But, you know, honestly, I can't blame that reporter or the station because really they're just echoing this idea out there that classical music is in fact this stuffy music. But the guys that you're about to meet in this episode of Classical Classroom are not only going to blow your mind because they're freaking hilarious and really gifted artists, but they're going to tell you a version of classical music history that you've never heard before that proves that classical music was never meant to be stuffy from the get-go. All of this is coming in this episode of Classical Classroom. Consider yourselves baited. And now, a word from our sponsor. Maestro Classics, our beloved sponsors, are the creators of an awesome series for kids called Stories and Music. The series includes a narrator who tells stories, along with music that's played by the London Philharmonic Orchestra. This series has activity books, there are educational tracks with a conductor, all kinds of stuff. Everybody, young and old, loves Maestro Classics award-winning CDs and MP3s, and you will too. To learn more, visit maestroclassics.com slash classicalclassroom. And now, on with the show. There's a rumor going around that classical music can be hoity-toity. But here in the classical classroom, we beg to differ. Beethoven 5. <laughs> the idea that classical music is a zone where we have to feel restricted or we have to act in a certain way, you know, that's not going to be helpful going forward. <laughs> Isaiah is shaking with excitement oh, here. I mean, there's just so many great parts of the opera. He asked me to play his favorite spot in the first moon of the Brahms. He said, I started using those licks in my guitar solos. It's how to be classical music rock stars because there's not enough of that in this business. Occasionally I would plug in the mandolin to my distortion pedals. <laughs> I don't change my voice. And talking to classical I, music. <laughs> I'm playing classical music now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same 12 notes. That's what's so cool about it. I'm Daisha Clay, a classical music newbie, and I'm trying to learn all I can about the music. Come learn with me and the classical music experts I invite into the Classical Classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and here with me today are violinist Alexi Agudisman and pianist Hyung, I'm sorry, Hyung Ki Ju. And we were just laughing about the fact that we all have difficult to pronounce names. <laughs> there. Actually, technically, it's Huyangki Joe uh-huh. and Alexei Igwe-Desmond. That's Okay, okay. That's what it is now. <laughs> it's You're stuck with that. That's what's happening. Forevermore. Yes. Everybody that's going to listen to yeah. this, that's it. No, you pronounced them very well, Dish. Oh, uh, thank you. You, you did. And we're known as Igudesman and yes. Jew, and how you can remember, remember it's like the Jewish man and the Jew. Yes, the Jewish man and the Jew. So, <laughs> so these guys, uh, as you may already have been able to tell, are a music and comedy duo. They've got bazillions of YouTube followers. They've performed with all of the major orchestras in all of the major cities 
Their humor has helped actually draw a lot of young people to classical music, which is very cool. And people like Emmanuel X, Joshua Bell, and most recently, Yuja Wang, have actually asked to perform with these guys. So, welcome to the Classical Classroom. Thank you. Thank I, you so much. What an introduction. Yes. <laughs> I think I you should like come along uh, along and be our PI agent okay. in the future. I, I love the way you introduce us. Deal. I, I feel like you already know everything about classical music and everything about us. I oh, think exactly. you're just yeah. lying and pretending. Yeah, that it's you a don't false pretense. Uh, we're here under false pretenses. We're supposed <laughs> to teach you about classical music, but uh, you, you seem to know it all. I'm super knowledgeable. <laughs> I mean, like ask me anything. <laughs> I know who Beethoven is. Okay. Uh, How many symphonies did Shakespeare write? Shakespeare wrote. That's a trick question. He <laughs> wrote three. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah. No. Okay, yeah. So. Go look it up. It's in <laughs> Wikipedia, which is always accurate. Oh, I, accurate. I Very think accurate. I think he also wrote the music to one of Mozart's plays. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. That's, that's right. <laughs> so. So, t- so how did you guys meet? I read a little something about the fact that it had to do with an order of fish and chips. Yeah, that's very true. We met in a country called Britain. Ah, yes. And uh, it the, used to be great at the time. Yes, mm. and the um, the local delicacy there is a gastronomic portion of fish fried in batter with chips made from potatoes, uh-huh. and this is served in lots of local places. And you see. Uh, this is Yankee speaking right now, mm-hmm. and Alexei used to actually beat me up, and I wanted it to stop. So, you know, they say <laughs> love is through the stomach. Uh-huh. So I thought if I gave him a peace offering of fish and chips, maybe he might stop beating me up, yeah. which worked. And then we became friends. Oh, It did. We went to a boarding school. Um, actually, it's called the Yehudi Menuhin School. Now, there's something we can teach you. Mm. Yehudi Menuhin was... Um, a wonderful violinist, but he was much more than that. He was an educator. He was one of the first violinists to actually be much more than a musician. He was in many ways a peacemaker, a politician. Humanitarian. Humanitarian. Um, he was one of the first people to perform with jazz artists mm-hmm. in uh, as a classical musician, even with he Ravi Shankar, with, yeah, wow. with the Shankar. Indian Indian music. Stefan Grappelli. Stefan Grappelli, at the time a jazz vi- uh, violinist. And uh, at the time when no one in the classical music field was doing it. That means in the 60s. Yeah. And he started this exclusive music school. At the time when we were there, there were merely 50 people in the whole school between the ages of 8 and 18. Mm-hmm. So it was super exclusive. Basically, that it was some of the strangest and most crazy young people that... <laughs> Have a, were assembled. I mean, one could say gifted, but I think the gift was much more that they were all screwed up in many so ways, in, in positive ways. You're saying it was a party school, basically. Uh, yeah, uh, not sure. Mixture party. between um, Hogwarts <laughs> and Professor Xavier's X Men school. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect amazing. description. Thank you, Shanky. <laughs> Menuhin also started this thing called Live Music Now, where he basically made programs where musicians could go and take music to places that had no access to music, like prisons, mm-hmm. hospices, elderly homes. Wow. Uh, and Live so, Music Now is still going now. Yeah, it's to, still to this going. Day. Yes. And of course, now there's lots of similar programs like that. But he was one of the very first pioneers to do that. Yeah. And uh, he really wanted to. For him, music was beyond all race and borders and cultures and genres. I mean, once the Second World War was finished, he was the first Jewish person to go over to Berlin and play with the Berlin Philharmonic. So, you know, he stood for a a lot of things which were larger than 
larger than life, actually. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, he was also a yoga specialist. That's true. What? And this That's is true. true. He I, could stand. Yes, he he believed in yoga very much. He could actually stand on his head. This is not yeah. a joke, by the way. Yes. It's really true. Like a lot of yogis, yeah. and he once conducted the Berlin Philharmonic standing on his he head. He did Beethoven's not. Fifth Symphony. Yes, yeah. seriously. He did. That's Absolutely a fact. True. He waved his legs instead of his arms. Bam! You have to imagine oh this. That, you know, his legs are giving the downbeat, <laughs> and he conducted. So, so he obviously had a sense of humor too, which is, I guess, no surprise that Alexei and I went to that school. Yeah. Now, funnily enough, in some of the shows that we do with the Goodersman and Jew, actually, quite a lot of the shows, knowingly or unknowingly, we have that inspiration from menu, and obviously, in many different mm -hmm. ways, because we use all these different styles of music, but also even the yoga aspect in some way because of one or two numbers sometimes i actually do some break dancing uh -huh. where where i st uh end freeze. up uh, as if with a freeze so actually basically standing on my head as well and just of late i noticed wait 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 a minute maybe that's through my great mentor yehudi menuhin who inspired me indirectly to do that well even in our sketch ala malta turka at some point you do this kind of Yoga, yoga position, position yeah. while while Absolutely. playing the violin at the same time. You know, I like when you're when you're doing stuff, and then you realize, oh right, like this is <laughs> how I was inspired. Yeah. And you know, I I personally have been known to do some popping and locking, so I'm glad to. Oh, hear. good for you! Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, when can we meet? We've got we've got to have a dance session yeah. together. Yeah, um, yeah. Where where are you where are you based actually? I'm in uh, I'm in Seattle. So if you guys are coming through town. Let's um, get together and have a dance off. Let's have a cup of coffee. Let's have a cup of uh, uh, breakdance yeah. <laughs> and popping yeah. and locking. I was thinking... Hey, you know what? Come down to Nashville. Okay. We're playing in Nashville. When is it? Yeah. On the... In a few days. Yeah, in yeah. The, on the 17th. I like it. We're, we're playing uh, with the Nashville Symphony, actually, and definitely there is a number where I will be doing some breakdancing. This is great. And, and that you can just jump on stage like and it. do some popping with us. Actually, as well, another thing that we love to do is like cross-genre... Like like Menuhin did, for example, Nashville. Okay, we play with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, a very established classical symphony orchestra. Mm. But we get them to do Irish dance, for example, <laughs> in one 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 number. We we get them to do uh, uh, salsa in another number where they're actually playing and moving at the same time. We train with the orchestra different choreographies. Uh, and actually, also, when we get to a place like Nashville, we, we are also try to recruit some local talents. And, and I'm trying to get this wonderful uh, uh, lady um, who, to, to come jump on stage if he gets, she, she gets back into town in, in time, who can actually do uh, country fiddling and step dance at the oh, same time, awesome. which is quite brilliant. So, Hilary Krug, right? Yeah, Hilary, Hilary Krug is her nice. name. So... Uh, so yeah, come right down okay. and uh, you'll get a ticket and and you get to jump on stage with us and then you'll you'll know Literally even more. Fantastic. Literally jump, jump. It's, with the orchestra. It's on. So <laughs> <laughs> before you know, I want to talk about that too a little more, like all of your your crossing of genres. But before we get deeper into your story, I want to kind of place you guys in this rich history of comedy and classical music, which I think maybe a lot of listeners don't know, but there is the, the Victor Borgia, the Dudley Moore, the Bugs Bunny, um, and then there's you guys. Well, I'm directly related to Bugs Bunny. Yep. Yes, I can see that. He even, his well, ears are you, even, yes. you can tell by the ears, they're similar. Actually, you know, mm -hmm. Victor Borgia 
is only but a great 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 grandchild of Rossini and Mozart yeah. and Haydn. Haydn. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and I know exactly what I was going to say. That you may not have heard of, but since we are teaching you, mm. people like Heinrich Bieber, not Justin Bieber. names like Banchieri, I mean, these are names that are not so common, but they had so much humor and uh, people were much more in those days mm, experimenting with humor and music and yeah. uh, was much more involved in the operatic world. Bach also <laughs> uh, played with humor. Essentially, I mean, there's even things like Mozart has written a fugue mm -hmm. called Leck mich im Arsch, which literally translated is lick me in my <gasps> no and that's absolutely that's mo that's straight motor that's not not like oh somebody making no He famously, through his letters, we know he actually had an upset, a little bit, little bit it's of. It's not a, a fugue; it's a canon. Yeah, sorry, it's yeah. a canon. Yeah, he had a bit of a fecal obsession. He was always talking about poo poo and farts and stuff like that. Uh, his well, actually, he wrote quite a lot of scatological canons. Yeah, he, he did uh, write scatological canons, and 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 that's one of the many things. Uh, then, of course, there's Haydn, who f very well, famous. He also has a flatulent bassoon in Symphony Number no. Ninety Three. Flatulent bassoon, yes. <laughs> yes, but it's not. Uh, it's not just to toilet humor. That there was. There's many. The surprise symphony, for example. It's. It, it's surprising. The joke quartet. <laughs> There's a wonderful piece by Haydn called uh, Symphony Number no. 60, and it's called Il Distratto, the distracted one. Mm -hmm. And the last movement starts, all guns blazing. And then after about 20 seconds, it just breaks down because the orchestra has forgotten to tune. <laughs> so and suddenly there's tuning. So there's tuning going on. So the music stops and there's tuning, but that's actually part of the score. Yeah. So Haydn was one of the great pranksters. Yeah. So there's so many things. Okay. I mean, essentially, Beethoven, so much of Beethoven was, has so much sardonic humor. Really? Oh, yeah. If you just listen to even something as simple as the Fifth Symphony, just the end of it is, you think it's over, but it's not. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's finished. Oh, no, it's not. It just goes on and on and on. You think it's over, finished. And another quote. And he did that even in Symphony Number no. 8. Right. He even took it further. He took it even further. And, 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 and Endless coda. It's just we've forgotten to listen out for those things. One just yeah. needs to know and suddenly one gets it. It's a bit like speak, just speaking a language. Actually, it's not even a language. It's, it's knowing, you know, classical music 
And music in general is actually just need to know how to listen to it. And there's not one rule for all music and for all composers. Right. Right. So well, you just need to know, for example, if you listen to Beethoven and you try to expect what is coming, you're always going to be surprised. Yeah. And that's a wonderful way of generally listening to music, but especially Beethoven. Okay. And you're going to be laughing. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try listening with more emotionally open ears and see what, see what I hear. I mean, Mozart mm. never put on... It wasn't like he was a different composer when he was writing funny stuff mm -hmm. and serious stuff. We mentioned Shakespeare earlier in the same sense that Shakespeare wrote tragedies and dramas but there's a lot of comic comedy in it and there's a lot of humor yeah. and that was the same with Mozart and Rossini and all these guys that at the most tender serious tragic moments there would also be a lot of humor either in the music or in the dramaturgy so you're con you're contending that you're contending that classical music has always had humor at its core but you know it's it's obviously a kind of music that um, that people take very seriously you know, and, and like... Because, because they, they've stopped be, being able to understand that particular core. Yeah. Because people, I, I'm, unfortunately, in this day and age, people are more concerned with what mu classical music stands for or has, has been made to stand mm. for rather than what it actually is, yeah. which is an incredibly rich, diverse, made-up world of incredible harmonies, melodies, and sounds, which can be from hysterically funny to tragically moving, and with all the parameters within it. Yeah, so it's like the the whole gamut of human yeah. human emotions. It's not just Absolutely. beautiful yeah. artwork. It's it's all of all of the things. Absolutely, but humor always seems to be shoved. You know, it always gets a bad bad PR. Uh -huh. I mean, we all need humor, but it's never, you know, I mean, even if you look at something like the, you know, the the world of Oscars and Hollywood, I mean, it's so rare that comedy is celebrated. But if you think about these, I, it's not an accident that someone like Chaplin never won an Oscar, but he's considered one of the greatest comedians. Wow. And it takes enormous craft and timing to make somebody laugh. And, and this art and craft is very underestimated. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, you know, in 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 our world, in the classical music world, of course, uh, it, it also is. Even though I even dare not to say that our world, the classical music world, because we do see as each uh, ourselves as as beyond that. Mm -hmm. Even though those are our roots, but very often, of course, it is shunned. But really, for no reason at all, because the audience loves it, the musicians themselves love it, and every single composer since the very beginning has endeavoured in it. In for for better even or for worse, even Mahler who is guilty for bringing this somber seriousness on us all. Uh -huh. uh, he's definitely one of the biggest culprits. He wanted to have absolute silence in the concert hall and didn't want people to applaud in between movements. And he and Wagner are, are big culprits in making music super elitist and super serious. But even he dabbled in humor. I mean, there's a very famous example in his first symphony, where he took the famous um, Frère Jacques, Frère Jacques, dormez-vous, you know, this canon which all kids sing. And, of course, it's in the major key, but he made it in the minor key, <laughs> which isn't, isn't laugh out loud, but it is a certain type of humor, yeah. uh, taking a jolly nursery tune and slowing it down and making Great. it very sad. So even even he had a wink in his eye. Can you can you play that? I, you guys have a piano. I'll in front try of you. to. I, I'll try I to. I hear this in the minor yeah. key. I mean, there's the simple 
of course, the kids' version. The one that we all know. What is it in, in English? Brother Jack, Brother Jack. Etc. Yeah. Yeah. Et et yeah. But in the symphony, he does. on double basses like it's ultra depressing ultra depressing and, and slow and but yeah I don't think you have a microphone yeah I can oh. I can you're like a tiny voice in the ah, in the wilderness tiny voice <laughs> yes. uh, yeah and and interest so so this actually just to to you know come back to us in, in yeah. some ways so we take that whole gamut of things that are funny essentially in classical music mm. and that are not funny and we we love to combine them even that particular theme mm-hmm. um in one one of the one of our pieces that we, we tend to do with orchestra the name is ride of the oivakeries <laughs> now you're laughing so obviously you you have a little bit of knowledge of <laughs> of music a there little bit. because it's of course, the right right of the the Valkyries is a Valkyries, f- yeah. Val- Valkyries is a, f- a famous from Wagner. But right of the Oi Valkyries is when I when we take Wagner's music and turn it to klezmer <laughs> Jewish music, which oh my god, that's amazing. We, well, yes, it is also amazing because, unfortunately, uh, Wagner, Richard Wa- Wagner, in spite of writing some great works, uh, was was a well-known and documented and self-proclaimed anti-Semite. Right. So that was it's in a very dark spot in music history. He wrote actually an article called "The Jewishness in Music," and not in a positive way. Mm. And uh, so. We we thought it'd be nice to take some of his famous tunes and and turn them into Jewish music and to klezmer, uh, uh, in a humorous but loving way. But of course he would have turned in his grave. But you know yeah. now it's too late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also within that melange of things where we use that and other themes, uh, Russian themes and Jewish themes and and Wagner themes, we also use the minor version of that Mahler symphony. So what we love to do actually, besides, it's not just simply humor, but we love humor through association. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing about that is that it can be funny, but it's be- can be beautiful at the same time. And you don't have to get the joke to enjoy it. Right. Yes, that's the thing that we actually don't um care if people understand the joke or not or, or even laugh because yes. it's in a in a way it, very often our, our, our humor is not necessarily well often it is laugh out loud when we do something more physical mm. but very often it's 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 subtle it's musical and yes. uh, actually it's play on associations and and those who do have a connoisseur knowledge can get the little the little insider jokes, right. but it's really not about that. It's just to create something that's entertaining and hopefully something that's pleasing to listen to and, and makes people more aroused and curious yeah. to find out more. When you guys, when you guys first started doing this, when you when you started, you know, having these shows, because you're, you know, pe- people can go online, by the way, and watch just tons of YouTube videos that you have of your performances and your rehearsals and, and all kinds of stuff. And... W- 
you do these incredible shows where you know you're incorporating all kinds of stuff it's like physical humor as you're talking about right now like the the humor within the music itself there's all kinds of stuff going on when you first started doing it though like how did audiences react do people get mad or did like what happened no, well not not at all because why would anyone get mad about people bringing humor into i mean people i think more people were worried about that people would go mad but <laughs> even people who are passionate about music or something and uh, you know they they're, they're going to be happy that somebody is you know doing something funny with it yeah. because we 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 always say we never make fun of the music we make fun with the music yeah. with the help of the music yeah. I think that one of the things that people recognized, um, and I, I'm tooting our own horn, but <laughs> I'm trying to illustrate the point here, is that people recognized that we were very serious musicians mm -hmm. and very seriously trained. There's a difference between clowns playing music and musicians clowning around. Right. And for us, the music always comes first. And I think this is why uh, orchestras like New York Phil and Chicago Symphony, they they would they'll play with us because they understand that we are actually real musicians right and so i think that's what gave us the respect uh and sort of the permission to to let rip and fly and one of the works we love doing with orchestras people say it's like therapy because what we do is we actually bring out the inner child in every musician mm -hmm. And we get them to do all kinds of crazy stuff, which they will never do, have or certainly haven't done for you know the amount of years they've been sitting on the podium yeah. uh, in their rehearsals playing all their serious music. So um, we believe it's very important to be physical, to have movement, and we believe we believe in humor. I mean, uh, without humor, life is meaningless. Agree. And, and speaking of Victor Borger, he said something very beautiful. He said that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. Oh, that's so good. I like that so much. Mozart. No, as in Doctor No. Just taking a second here to tell you that if you want to have a fully immersive classical classroom experience, you should go and check out our website. We've got more episodes there about classical music and humor, and even episodes about classical music and cartoons. You can also download free lesson plans that go along with a lot of our lessons. You can look at pretty pictures, you can connect with us on social media. The website is also scratch and sniff, so if you just scratch your screen a little, you can smell us. I'm just kidding, that's not true. But there is a tip jar where, if you are so moved because you love our episodes and want to support what we do here at Classroom, you can make a one-time or recurring gift of any amount that you like. And if you do that, I'll sing to you in an episode of Classical Classroom. Just you. There's just a little button in the upper right-hand corner that says tip jar. Just click it, and then super easy after that. Anyway, 
By the way, our friends at New Wine made our beloved website, and they can make a website for you to love, too. They can help you promote it and your business as well. For more information about New Y, go to classicalclassroomshow.com slash NW. That's N as in new and W as in Y. And now back to my conversation with Igudisman and Jew. I've heard that, that you actually, that musicians like Joshua Bell and Emmanuel Axe, like that they're seeking you out to be part of your performances. Is this is this rumor true? Yes, it's not a rumor. It's a fact. <laughs> like just now, in a few days, uh, we're performing at Carnegie Hall with Yuja Wang. Yeah. And she has a perspective series this year at Carnegie. And she asked us if we would be one of the one of her concerts. And we said, yeah, sure, of course. This is and so it's great. just been absolute fun to to work with her. And uh, our show is called The Clone. And actually, we're not really working with Yuja Wen. We're working with the clone of Yuja Wen. Ah. We yeah, we managed okay. to reproduce mass manufacture. Mass manufacture. Yeah, she's new and improved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually better than the original. Better than the original. Yeah. Works without batteries. Yeah. Works with Bluetooth. Yeah, yeah. Made in China. That's yes. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, now, I, obviously, it's it's a loving poke at technology and at about how you know how, in certain ways, certain art is mass produced, but never with a pointing finger. It's it's always with fun that we're doing it. But Yuja is actually for the very first time doing many things, and that's I think that's why musicians love working with us because we get them to do things that they would otherwise not get to do. For example, mm-hmm. she's actually dancing again she's break dancing for the first time huh. I, I taught her how to do a freeze awesome. uh, she's she's doing she's doing some uh she's doing rapping she's rapping in chinese she's actually. singing which she's never done before amazing she's doing all kinds of, she's coming out of a box she's acting you know she's she's acting like to be this clone yeah uh this kind of robotic clone she's speaking many languages doing a lot of lot of things it sounds like you so, guys kind I mean, of it sounds like you're your take on classical music, your the way that you're presenting things, it kind of gives people permission to do these things, to be funny, to, to I, like... Yeah, you know. I think so. Yeah. Because, well, we in our turn, we never asked for permission. We just did it. <laughs> right. And the nice thing is you're right. Actually, in many ways, now people in general have more permission to do it. Mm-hmm. I think we I think we've helped things along. along. And, and maybe one essential difference between... You know us and 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 Victor Borger, even though he was a really genius comedian and in many ways a wonderful musician performer, wonderful pianist, uh, wonderful pianist. But but he w- he was not a pianist who would go out and and play a concerto. He would not play a concerto with an orchestra. Yeah. Uh, whereas Hyanki really is. I mean, he he's he's playing Rachmaninoff third piano concerto in in in, in a month or so uh, with orchestra just. Straight classical. I mean, I'm sure he'll involve something fun because we—that's what we stand for. But basically, and and you know, we 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 are very serious and so so to speak trained musicians. We are both very prolific composers. We write a, a lot of music. Um, We've also been commissioned by a lot of orchestras yeah. uh, to write pieces and um, and th- and therefore, in a way, what we do is we are not saying like, oh, we found a niche and 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 now we're doing funny things and that's how we get it. It's more like we want humor to be just much more part of life, part of uh, 
music in general, mm-hmm. part of classical music, and it's okay. It's think, fine yeah. to be funny. In a way, our dream is not just us going out, out to do these shows, but that in every concert there would be something fun, some and a fun. Yes, aspect. I think the more exactly, it's, the accent is on fun and not funny. Right. Uh, we don't believe that you have to have humor in order to make classical music accessible, mm-hmm. and actually, humor is a very essential ingredient of creativity. And that's actually what we really are trying to do. We're trying to be creative and hopefully inspire others to be creative. Imagine you're in the sky. Think of Pope Francis. You know where he's from. And imagine you are flying. The sun is shining. The sea is below you. And then All of a sudden, you dive! And then, you're swimming. You come out of the water. Next to you, there's a beautiful lady. You take her hand and go to a tango bar in Argentina. I also want to ask you guys uh, about, and we started talking about this earlier, but your incorporation of other kinds of music into your shows. Wh- why? Why are you doing this? I mean, you're, you're classical music guys. Why is this an important part of what well, you do? I'll, I'll go to the piano and, and play you a little example okay. of, this is something that we do. We do a cover version of I Will Survive <laughs> from the, the Russian singer Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor. Yes. And I'll explain during yes, it. Yes, you explain uh, yeah. while I do it. Uh, basically, very often uh, what we do is comes out of experimentation and we go back to the roots of things. For example, if you hear... Uh, you know, the, the the beginning of... I mean, first I was afraid I was petrified. Kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. It really sounds like a Russian, old Russian folk song. <laughs> it does. In some way, because there's these minor harmonies. So all we did is take it back to its root. So now you're big. <laughs> yeah, so it... And then... Of course, these are certain harmonies that repeat over and over again, but you can find them in so many different types of music. I will wait for you, for example. You know the famous song? Oh, yes. I will wait. Of course, then you have a a famous song by a a rock band called Europe called... Oh, yes. The final countdown. Final countdown. (laughs) Same... Harmonies, same roots. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you have you know autumn leaves, that song. Jazz standard, <laughs> same harmonies. So you know, the, and this incredible mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, Pink Panther. That's one of the Pink Panther. How about some Bach and Vivaldi all mixed up? Yeah. That's some Bach, same harmonies. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and this and this list goes on and on because essentially. Oh, there's, there's, there's also <clears throat> killing me softly. With this is my. Killing me softly with this my. <laughs> killing me softly. 
Yeah, so uh, ba basically, this that's the wonderful thing. This is ba uh, Tchaikovsky oh, Fifth Symphony, same harmony. This is harmonies. amazing. So it's, it is amazing. And in our number, for example, it's one of the numbers as well we do with orchestras, one of the numbers we're going to do in Nashville in a few days with the National Symphony. And, and this brings all of music history together, but in a very comprehensive way. And we love that the name of is... is I will survive because in a way it's like music will always survive. Music will always we're survive. We're also trying to say that music, all music comes from the same place. Yeah. Right. It's, 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 it's the same source and there is no differentiation. Yeah. I mean, all humanity comes from the same place. Exactly. You know, I, I had a it's, conversation with uh, Bramford Marcellus one time and he said this thing because uh, I was, you know, I was talking to him. He has, he had put out a classical music album but he's mostly known for his jazz and so I asked him about this and, and he's like, well, it's the same 12 notes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, yes. and I was like, right. It's just, you know, configured in different ways. But it's the same 12 notes. He was like, he was like I don't put in my classical music voice and speak in a classical music way. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, well, some, some people do, but we, we certainly don't. don't. <laughs> and also, we love the different colors. Yeah. I mean... And and we 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 Igudesman and Jew we love to explore. For example, when we go to Nashville, we we want to f listen to the country music there. We want to check out fiddling. We, we want to check. We're going to check out fiddling. We you know, and and uh, you know they've got both country and uh, western music. <laughs> both there. kinds, yeah. country so, and western. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and because we get we love different types of music yeah. and it, it well we don't discriminate types of music no. like a lot of people turn their noses at other types of music I mean it's not just classical musicians that do it all types of music yeah. music establishments let's say snuff their nose at the other which is like Branford <laughs> said it's the same twelve notes I mean you know we we have a right to to these notes I mean we should just be lucky we have them and yeah. whether we're yeah. doing Creole music or Icelandic opera or whatever I mean or it's, dubstep it's, yeah. yeah it's all the same yeah we humans we like our uh, our categories and our, our boundaries and unfortunately yeah yes. yeah I think it's got something to do with the fact that we need to identify with certain things and we need for it to mean something for us hmm. for our own personal identities yep. or something like that I, I think so but I think I think we we're not going to lose ourselves by being uh, all encompassing. I think we're going to find ourselves much more by being open. Yeah. And this is what what we want to, in a way. This is very much our message. Yeah. You guys, that is a beautiful place to stop. Igudusman and you, it has been so much fun to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today and for Thank being. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you very much. We're waiting for you and Nashville okay, to jump great. on stage I with will, us. Okay. Uh, practice my popping and locking it's been a while so please do okay all right thanks you guys <laughs> okay. you just have to laugh at the happiness that's all around you you just have to laugh and the beauty of life will astound you and that's all, folks. If you want to hear more episodes, go to our website at classicalclassroomshow.com and listen for... I, I think you can actually listen for around four days now without stopping if you want to. I just did that math. That's actually true. Follow us on all of the social media platforms or you can just send us a good old-fashioned email at classicalclassroomshow at gmail.com. 
Thanks today to the home of Classical Classroom, King FM in Seattle, where it's actually quite cold and snowy right now. Thanks to our birthplace, Houston Public Media. Thanks to the official snow transportation provider of Classical Classroom, Tonton Trail Riders, where we may not keep you safe from the wampa, but we'll provide you with gross, slimy shelter from the cold. Thanks to Igudisman and Ju for being on the show. Thanks to me for saying words. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> oh, stop. <clears throat> oh, sorry. We didn't. Oh, stop. <clears throat>